right, so we got six minutes left in this Milwaukee Bucks Orlando Magic game. Lakers and Blazers are on next. Draft lottery before. Oh, is it? But in between? Yeah, the oh. draft. I was gonna say that's why the instead of the one so, thirty start it was a one o'clock because the draft lottery is gonna be between this and the game. Well, so we got a little more time than I thought. Then okay, that's perfect. Um, by the way, the Blazers and Lakers. We're just gonna get right into it. That's been my favorite game so far. Lakers Blazers game one. Uh, I don't know. Did you watch or were you? Is that the same night you were camping? Yes, that was the same night I was camping. I was camping, by the way. I haven't been camping in like It was good. Years. I've actually... 20 years, maybe. <laughs> I hadn't been in a while, and it was like, I think, either the first or second time, I actually slept in a tent on the ground. So like, you missed this whole game, then? Yeah. I saw, I, was gonna say, I saw some highlights, but I did not watch the full game. Uh, it, was, it was a bubble classic, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Maybe even an instant classic. For me, it featured an iconic moment. Let me just... Dame Lillard is... The best player in the league right now. I don't think that's crazy to say, right? Um, him or Giannis, but yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm not mad at. I'm not like right now. And from the bubble on, it's not. It's not weird to say Damian Lillard's playing the best basketball in the bubble. So that's how you know this guy's in a groove. In a different kind of groove too. He hits a deep three late in that game. Mm-hmm. Back pedals down the court, too short. Blow the whistle comes on. Two shorts from Oakland. Dame Lillard's from Oakland. And Dame just starts kind of vibing to it, dancing to it on the court. Yeah. I've heard players say time after time after time, like how they don't hear the background music mm-hmm. whenever they're at a game. And Dame, in a close game of these playoffs, like in an 8-1 matchup yeah. late in this game, hits a three in the day. That just shows you what kind of groove he's in. Yeah. It reminds me. We were hype about that. Like it was on. He's on another level. <laughs> it right reminds now, me of Steph in 2016. It really does. Yeah. Uh, that's what I was noting because like the comp, like that the confidence. That with like Steph, Steph when he was in college, when he was on Davidson, just because you, it wouldn't have been surprising if Steph would have won this year. Like if Dame, it's got that kind of feel. Like if Dame can just get hot and carry him. Through. Yeah, yeah. I definitely know what you're saying, but like <laughs> when Steph was in. 2015, the 2016 Steph, that year, for the years I've been alive and watched basketball thoroughly, that was the best regular season I've ever seen anyone play. Mm-hmm. And so, like, and he, Damian Lillard's giving me many, many shades, if not almost identical to what he's doing. Just the confidence pulling up from wherever, whenever, cur- it doesn't matter. That Curry season, like, there's a lot of MVP seasons, like Harden two years ago. Like, you can kind of pinpoint it. He had- yeah. A lot of high usage games, a lot of crazy stat lines, and like Giannis last year was pretty fun. I'd mm-hmm. say Steph's Steph's second MVP season is definitely the most fun it, in recent memory. And it's crazy stat wise because I believe he sat out sixteen fourth quarters that he year. Have, yeah, so, he, so it was like he didn't have to play in games. Obviously, they went seventy three and nine, thirty five and six, fifty forty nine. Yeah, fifty uh, forty five ninety. But yeah, I just want to say so. I take notes through these. What's up, Joe? Take notes through these games. Specifically, Lakers, Blazers, I had notes. And then some of last night's Celtics games. And there's a lot of times I have notes coming into these podcasts. And yeah. I'll notice, like, oh, shit, I forgot this. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, or maybe a small point I want to make. So I'm just going to read some of these off. And then, you know. Yeah, go for it. Right? So, yeah, I, my takeaway, I watched Anthony Davis mm-hmm. and LeBron. I hear a lot of this just kind of thrown out there. I hear a lot of. Oh, Anthony Davis is the best teammate LeBron's ever played with. Dwayne Wade's the best teammate he's ever played with. And I'm like, with. wait. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm like, like I, I he don't... got one year of like 
that 2011 season with Dwayne Wade. It was an argument for who was the better player. <laughs> I really think, and me and you have talked about this because Dwayne Wade was your favorite player growing up. I don't think people really have an idea how fucking good Dwayne Wade was yeah, in his he, prime. He had Mike-esque kind of moments, especially in the clutch. Like Just nice. Like he, everything I love about, or anything you love about any of your favorite players, like Dame Lillard, how much of a killer he is. Dwayne Wade was that. Like your yeah. prototypical two guard, nothing stopping him from the rim. Handle on another level. Yeah, well, I was going to say he had better handle, but could get to the rim like Westbrook does today. Like, he just got to wherever he wanted to get to. On, just as fierce. Yeah, but, uh, just as fierce. He made a better finisher. Like, Wade was phenomenal. But, yeah, Wade's the best teammate LeBron's ever had, in my opinion. Another takeaway, just watching LeBron. Um, the comparison he got out of high school was Maddie Johnson, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know? And uh, that's exactly who he looks like in the half court. Yes. I think there were two very different passers. LeBron's more of a quarterback on the floor where I think, like, he will give you the ball in the best position for you to score. Yes. He's not really a rhythm passer, whereas Magic is a rhythm passer. Magic, obviously, on breaks. We've seen how much of a highlight Magic is at any mm-hmm. point. Well, so he's, ma- he's literally a magician, pun exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and in the half court, LeBron and it late in his career he looks as he's losing his athleticism a little bit looks a lot like how magic would in the half court yeah uh so it's kind of cool to see watching him age like that i got a lot here so keep going with the conversation i'll keep yeah keep going these random shit keep up. going so uh i got some let me see let me see i've I've been doing a lot of fantasy sports me and Caleb at work every day i've been going mm-hmm. fantasy so i've been paying attention to a lot of that too Donovan Mitchell, I just wanted to mention his 57. Donovan Mitchell's another one who plays Dwayne Wade-esque. Oh, yeah, he does. Especially under the basket, one of the best sli- like slithery finishers in the game. Like he, One of my favorite things about Donovan Mitchell is he has a baseball background. Like His dad played baseball. He yep. obviously played baseball growing up. He throws probably, besides LeBron, the hardest and the craziest cross-court passes. Yeah. Uh, I remember one of my favorite highlights. I don't know if either of you have seen it. I think I've showed you once maybe. Yeah. But- he was falling out of bounds on one end of the court, and it perfectly hit someone in rhythm, 4-3. I will, maybe we'll post it on the Instagram or whatever, but uh, nice finish by Giannis. But it was one of the most insane. It's one of those plays that you it should be talked about a little more because it was, yeah. to me, fucking insane. Like I've never seen anyone really do that. Like It's probably one of those plays that only he can make, and maybe LeBron or, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, maybe Rare. Rondo, but yeah. Also in that Ooh. game, Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray my, nice. down the stretch. My goodness, if Jamal Murray's playing like that, and Michael Porter Jr. can kind of keep developing into the younger star, he's trying to. The Nuggets are live to go win it all. Jamal Murray for he reminds me a lot of Mike Bibby when he was on Sacramento, mm-hmm. as far as being able to hit big shots. Maybe not a floor general. Um, and I love Michael Porter Jr. To me, that's like putting rookie KD. Yeah, on whatever team. So that team is loaded with. And talent. I love unbelievable. I love Jamal Murray in the third best p- player spot. I didn't think the Nuggets. I thought the Nuggets obviously could compete, but I never thought they were a true contender because Jamal Murray was never the second best player on a team, on a championship team. But the third best player on a championship team fits Jamal Murray perfectly. That's kind of why he's the Mike Bibby. Yeah, and I agree with that he, comparison uh, too. Because Mike Baby was kind of their number two. Jamal Murray hits their big shot. He's like their closer. He hits yeah. their big shots. So he kind of can be their number two as long as their number three is someone talented like Porter Jr. or Millsap. Yeah. 
someone kind of like that because he he definitely has a postseason chops. Yeah, I was gonna say he can make the big shots. I feel like just sometimes he can't get them there. This like, one throughout the game, but go on. Other thoughts I had. You have called Kuzma overrated before. Yes, and just kind of was funny because it's we were talking about last episode about Kuzma fit, sliding into that third spot. Yes. So you still think even though he's overrated, he's gonna step up to that huge challenge? Um. With Kuzma, he is a shot taker, and he is not afraid to take shots. And I honest, I think he's good enough to make. I think he's good enough to where LeBron can put him into positions where he's not going to be taking one-on-one possessions and one-on-one possessions and having to go get a shot. I feel like he'll be in positions to make shots. That's why. But I do think. I do think I thought I think Lonzo's better than him. I think Brandon Ingram's obviously better than him. I thought he was at the time. So like I didn't poor I didn't understand why the Pelicans wanted or the Lakers wanted him, but that's neither here nor there. But I do think that Kuzma definitely can make those shots with Le- when he LeBron's be, putting him. He could be Bosch and Kevin Love in this scenario. Yeah, because I don't think I think in the in the situation he'll be in, those shots will be relatively open. I'll talk more about this after because there's, again, so many thoughts here because, yeah, there's more on that Lakers and Blazers because I had a million thoughts from that game because it yep. was just kind of fascinating to watch, honestly. Yep. Um, Melo, how hard he's competing, how well he's fit into his role. Mello, he's gotten out of being Marshmallow Anthony. I'm, ha- I'm happy for him. Yeah, he slimmed down a little bit. And I've always heard, obviously, Melo don't play defense like Wade and LeBron or, or no. Bosch did, but he was never what James Harden once was on defense. Yeah. Like, he's always... He's been what James Harden is now on defense. That, and he's always played hard in the playoffs. He's always battled. Like, he went toe-to-toe with Kobe in his prime. Um, So, kind of... It's one of those lazy fan narratives that, like, LeBron... Melo doesn't try. If Melo just passed the ball within, like, four dribbles or just shot the ball within four dribbles, I think that's Melo's main problem, literally. Yeah, like, his, if he played more like Tatum or someone like that that just gives up the ball, or even like Durant, mm-hmm. I think Melo's career goes a lot differently. I do too. Like The game that I always go back to is this game against the Bulls. I believe he had 45. But that game, he had like six assists. When he was on the Knicks? When he was on the Knicks, when he hit the two threes from deep, one to bring him to overtime and one to win it in overtime. And that game was the best game I've ever seen Melo play. And he just he actually was distributing. It was quick movements. It was okay, size up one jab and go to the back. Like he was playing free and he was playing non ball stick. And it was, if he were to play like that all the time, I think he could possibly have a championship right now. All depending on what happened situation, obviously my last few thoughts regarding this game. Cause then I want to jump to the Mavericks Clippers. Yep. And then I want, yeah. Then I got more for the Blazers Lakers that we talked about. Yep. So I, I said to Joe, we're watching this game in the first quarter. I almost messaged you this. Me and Steven were talking about it. Chris Webber, mm-hmm. who I'm a, I've been, been harsh on Chris Webber in the past. You know, just when we're watching the oh or commentating or yeah 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 he's garbage. Like he's yeah, he's, he's, he's an good. NBA Hall of Famer or should be an NBA Hall of Famer, and he talks about the game like if you I don't know if you took any he's better on 2K pair. than he is in the <laughs> actual game, honestly honestly. So he starts this game strong. He starts this game making good points, like pointing out stuff that the other team doing wrong and why how the lakers might exploit that or how the blazers might exploit it and i'm yeah. like wow like chris webber giving up some good insight like it's, i'm not used to it yeah and i'm like maybe he actually took all that time off and like studied the game like he sounded <laughs> confident 
And then as the game goes on, studied the game. This is the first quarter. As the game goes on, third, fourth quarter, was just saying the t- same typical dumb shit that Chris Weber says, right? I actually have Anthony a clip. Davis is a pretty good rebounder. I actually have a clip. I'm gonna play it right now. Here's Chris Weber. So that's Chris Weber saying that Markeith Morris should not have it. This, by the way, this pass I remember. I didn't get the pass in this clip, but the pass yep. was LeBron wrapping it around someone. If he was on the block, he's wrapping around to Marcus Morris cutting baseline. Yep. And it went out of bounds because he didn't reach for it, kind of thing. And if he would have reached for it, he would have had an easy two. Yep. And he's that's Chris Weber, an NBA should be an NBA Hall of Famer. Yeah. One of the better power forwards of all time, saying that. An NBA basketball player should not be ready for LeBron's passes, that, which is, I would say, if you're playing one of the best passes of all time, you should be ready for his passes. I was Most told, humans would say that. I was told in eighth grade that um, sometimes I threw the ball too hard and kids weren't ready for my passes. And so, but that was that's in eighth thing, grade. No, I'm gen- that's, one, that's my point. I was in eighth grade graded school. That makes sense. These are athletes who get paid. <laughs> They should be able to be. They should be able to be ready for every single pass. That's one and two. Just want to make a quick point right here. Chris Middleton today, two whole points. They're Milwaukee's They're up. Win anyway. Milwaukee's up fifteen, but Chris Middleton getting paid that much, scoring two points, is you know, not a good formula. That will but not. But if you're winning by if you're winning by 15, it really doesn't matter. That, yeah, but that's what makes a championship team. No, you're I would argue. you're right. But Middleton will have these moments that besides Boston, for mm-hmm. some reason he's a Boston killer. But other than that, he has these moments. I'm just saying. Yeah, if it's next, two, when they see the Heat next round, that won't work. Yeah, that's all. I'm if saying. it's two points in a critical game, I mean, right now they're not, playing Orlando, so it doesn't yeah. matter. But two points in a game for your second best player will not win you a championship, regardless of. Depending the on the game. If it's a blowout, well, doesn't yeah, matter. But, but it's I mean, Orlando, like, so it's not like it's... True, true, true. And then the last couple points I had about... They were just... I remember I said last one how Vogel's not the not the best coach. I was that. shocked when they kind of went for Vogel, but... But one thing Vogel can coach is defense. And yes. I thought their defensive coverage on the pick and roll for Lillard was different than I've seen from other teams. And it yeah. actually like caused Lillard to cough up the ball. A lot of teams are picking him up just at half court straight up. Yeah. He was in the pick and roll. They kind of had it almost like a shell around everyone. So he couldn't pull up from deep, mm-hmm. which was interesting late in the game when he hit that deep three. Yeah. Anthony Davis was dropped well, below the three point line. Yeah. Um, I also, I've always never understood why that doesn't happen more. Why guards don't set screen for guards. Yeah. That's the one thing that comes out more in the playoffs. The, Coaches usually open up their playbook more because that's one thing the I know the Warriors would always wait on in the playoffs was like yeah. Durant Curry pick and rolls Clay Curry pick and rolls I was saying, pick and pops I more so they should have done it way more for the Warriors for KD and uh, not KD for Steph and Clay I, that's a yeah. bucket every single time because you can't you have to switch you yeah, have to switch and like you're gonna lose Clay on the like I just I don't understand why they didn't do that but that's yeah they that's they love me. the uh, screen and slips for Clay that's oh, one of their favorites yeah. and Andre obviously too but and then the last one of this game I told Joe about this earlier was. There was a play earlier in the game where the Blazers challenged a mellow block that he had clean. And it was very clearly clean, and they did not overturn it. 
and there was a play late in the game where LeBron clearly slid underneath and was still moving as he got hit, and they overturned that and gave that to the Lakers late in the game. Yeah. And I'm not one who ever thinks that it's conspiracy for the Lakers, but if there was ever a moment a fan wanted to point it out, it was right there. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah, I get um, you. But it was kind of funny. It was one of those things. But that's all I have from the Lakers Blazers. Another thing I want to quickly point out watching, we're watching Milwaukee and Orlando in the background. Mm hmm. The Bucks are up 15 with 45 seconds counting. Giannis obviously had... Giannis plays hard from the beginning to the, of the game to the end of the game. He was just arguing with the ref about a call that he felt wasn't actually the right call. They called him for a travel instead of calling the block. And it just shows how much of a competitor he is because late in the game, why would it matter, especially when you're up 15? Yeah, that's exactly it, what you want from your star player. Yeah, just... For sure. Just someone who cares about winning and cares about every minute of every game. Did you catch game seven? Sorry, game seven. <laughs> what the hell am I talking about? Did you catch game two of the Clippers maps? I saw a little bit of it, but not all of it. Another good game, another interesting game because the maps really just handled them. I was they celebrating no... a birthday. Whose birthday? Um, Anissa's sister's birthday. We were celebrating that, so I did not catch that game. Oh, okay. So fun. Fun party? Yeah, it was solid. It was a solid time. <laughs> so we got... Yeah, so Mavericks handled the Clippers. Yep. Which makes game one the ejection of Porzingis, which was a very high school ejection. <laughs> they, you know, I don't think he should have been ejected. Most no. people don't. But no. so they were playing toe-to-toe with the Clippers. Going toe-to-toe with the Clippers in game one. Porzingis gets taken out. Obviously, we're second best players out. Affects the game. Clippers win. Um, game two, yeah, they handled them. Doncic was in foul trouble. That was a problem throughout most of the game, and they really had no problem with the Clippers. And I noticed Doc's subbing a lot of different lineups in, like just a lot of different random lineups. And when you're doing that as a coach, usually you're kind of looking for something. Yes. And it made me think watching the Clippers and Lakers in these early on in the series how different it is for them compared to teams like. The Heat, the Celtics, the Mavericks, and the Blazers, who already have had their core for a few years, mm-hmm. and the continuity kind of carries over, whereas the Clippers... And the Raptors, too. Yep, Raptors as well. Yeah. Uh, as you see, and like the Bucks too. Bucks are playing well. Yeah. Lakers and Clippers, one of these more, they kind of mix and match their team. Uh, Clippers had so... Oh, here we go. Lottery's right here. Clippers have a few of their core, but like not their main core. You know, they got the Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell. Like a lot of their bench is the same, and but their core core, like with Paul George and Kawhi, obviously different from last year. And the rhythm's just off. And they yeah, they haven't, and also they just haven't played together all season. Like exactly. they just they've played a very minimal games all together. And Patrick Beverly, I didn't realize made this much of a difference in their whole entire team. But they're eleven and eleven without Patrick Beverly playing this season. Yeah, Beverly's just one of those difference makers. You know, yeah. it's like the Marcus Smart effect when, you know, sometimes when you're most competitive players, you're an effective role player. It just has, you know, kind of like the Draymond with the Warriors type of thing. Yeah. So I feel like that's what Beverly brings for the Clippers. Yeah, I was just, I was kind of, that was kind of shocking for me just mm-hmm. because you would think with a team with that kind of depth, obviously Paul George, Kawhi, 
and others that they would be better than 500 without Patrick Beverly. That is interesting, especially and then yeah, they're fitting in a lot of Marcus Morris. Yeah, you. I would just I just expected them to be not to be 500, especially because Patrick Beverly has been in and out for the last few years. So if he's gonna miss, if he's gonna miss time, then that. They're a 500 team without him. Obviously, that's not every game with Kawhi, but still, that's a little bit to worry about. Inside the NBA and that whole crew. Yep. One of my favorite watches on TV, or especially for sports. Yeah. Especially in the NBA. I feel like a lot of the NBA media is kind of dry. Yes. Um, Kenny Smith, as he often does, brought up a good point. He said, with a three-month layoff, you can't really treat all these players as they were in March. So no. he's saying, like, how Luka Doncic coming back, that's like him coming off the offseason after mm-hmm. making an all-NBA team. So now yeah. that's like Luka in his third year, and it's true. Like, I think I mentioned this in a podcast earlier. It almost seems like Harden... Oh, Steph Curry's got the braids. No, Steph that's, Curry what, I was gonna, that's what I was... Steph, what? <laughs> Sorry, Cesaro, that's, Steph. I was going to say, that's why Steph I gave you the look. Steph looks fresh out. Look at... <laughs> can represent. What's up, Steph? Steph's about... <laughs> braid Steph's going to drop four. He might average 45 and 11 this He's year the with the best. <laughs> Looks like fucking me with a bra- with braids last year. All week. that all that matters is he's the best player to ever live. Go on. <laughs> Shouts to Steph. So the fuck was I talking about? Uh uh you can stop. Oh, so yeah. Yeah, go on. Players off this break, it's more like so for the younger players like Tatum, Doncic, you do see it. it's them they have another level of confidence. Yes. And then it made me think with players like Paul George or Kawhi or LeBron who are a little older it's another year you know what I mean that three week break for them or three month break I should say for them might be a little different yes but but yeah no you do see it with like Harden Lillard almost seems like they're better shooters than last year so that's that's a great point so it almost him saying that made me realize and then with the neutral court I don't know about you do you feel like 2-0 on a neutral court if you're up 2-0 that's a lot different don't you feel like that's more advantage for the team up 2-0 completely it's because normally, I feel like today's loss for the Thunder against the Rockets was a big loss. Oh, for yeah, them. you like, yeah, a hundred percent. Because like if the Rockets no, wanted, they could sit Westbrook out the rest of the series. There's no home court, really. Like everything's just obviously, as you said, in a neutral environment. So really, it's especially when you're in a rhythm like that. It's who has the better team, and the crowd and being home can sway rhythm. Being in the same environment, doing the same routine. Whoever's hot is hot, and they're playing every other day, so completely, definitely the neutral court changes everything. So I just want to say right here, I picked my preseason and my pick last couple nights ago Yep, with Celtics Clippers. I'm changing my Western Conference pick to Celtics Rockets. I believe it will be the Celtics and the Rockets oh, in, the okay. in the NBA Finals. Okay, as Skip would say, Part he doesn't have want- the courage of his conviction. I don't know. It's a completely different, completely different time. And with the, yeah, I don't know. I like what I see out of the Rockets. They really know who they are. Um, oh, getting, I like the Rockets right now. They look great. They're getting a lot of production out of the likes of Jeff Green. And, Daniel uh, House Daniel had House. a great game today. Eric Gordon's playing well. Austin Rivers is playing like high school Austin Rivers. They're, they are going, PJ Tucker, they have eight legitimately that can play. And with the new NBA, they don't, need the height all that much i they, think they'll need it but like they don't need it as much as you would need it in 07 i think there's a real shot we get a rockets blazers conference finals is that possible with the setup yes wait so no it'd be a second round that's second round it'd be a second round then i think that's our second round 
I don't think the Lakers are losing in the first round. I think we get Rockets, Blazers, second round. And, yeah, I think I'm, I'm sticking with Boston. Yeah, Lillard had that. Yeah, Lillard's on one. Jeez. But, no, I, no I, I'm mentally... There's something about it. I mentally am not. LeBron just can't lose in the first round. <laughs> something well, you can if KCP is going to put up one point. Yeah, I yeah, it's KCP is going to play like PCP. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just no, it's just something. LeBron he's just never lost in the first round, so I guess it's a mental thing. It'd be like I don't know, I don't know. But yeah, I could the Blazers win the series? Obviously, I'm not making it sound like they're not good enough, but. I just personally don't see it happening. Tonight's a must win for LA. I'll say yeah. that. Yeah, completely. Winning four out of five is hard. Very, very hard. Especially in a neutral environment where the momentum's not going to sway. Completely. I'm more. I'm. I'm with this with the lottery right before. Give me even more hype. Um, this is the least I know about any draft ever. I swear to God. So Lamella Ball's best player in the draft. That's all that matters. Who else is up there for besides him? Anthony Edwards is also very, very good. Is Lamelo James the, Wiseman? Yeah. Is well, Lamelo the consensus number one? No, no, he's third, no, he's third on. They have him third, but I think I'm. I personally think Melo Lamelo's the best, and I think he has probably the most upside with him being six eight, six nine, with legitimate handle, legitimate vision, and can shoot. I'm going to assume that the Warriors trade this pick. It will, depending on where it goes. What do you mean? Because obviously, like, they could get the seventh pick. And, I mean, I think it all depends on what pick they get, if they trade it or if they keep it. I still think they would trade it. I think they're just – I think they know it's such a valuable piece for them if they can get someone to fill that Iguodala role with that seventh pick. I think they would do it. Or anywhere, because yeah. how far can they fall? They're, um, I can't remember how it goes, it but they're be... in the top three, so they're tied for like the best odds. Hmm. But I think at max, it's probably like six or seven, like that they would be going down. But I think the Celtics can sneak in the lot. I think we got the Grizzlies pick. So yeah, we see what we get there. Um, yeah, that's really all I have for basketball. Do you have anything else? I do not. I don't know why I've it's been, turned into a fucking, it's not like a jersey or Boston <laughs> cop. No, but I have that. nothing else. The NBA has been beautiful. I've been just enjoying all of it. Um, New music. There's new Travis Scott coming out tonight. Oh, is it? New Pharrell and Jay-Z coming tonight. Album or song? Uh, song. Or, song, okay. Uh, I think there's a new future. Let me check this real quick. Um, The up. only new music I've really been listening to is... Uh, Victoria Monet came out with a eight song EP. She worked. She works a lot with Ariana Grande. She worked a lot on her al- last album. So through that, I knew who she was already, and I really like that album. It's an R and B. It's nice. Definitely listen to it. That's random. Who would you compare it to? Um, if anyone knows who Janelle Monet is she kind of has a Janelle Monet a little you can definitely hear hints of Ariana because obviously she writes a lot of Ariana's music as well so you hear some shades of Ariana and so you listen to a lot of pop and R&B I I do I listen to a lot of pop and R&B and I listen to hip-hop obviously but I do listen to a lot of R&B and then it ends up blending into pop that's random it is (laughs) 
That's very random. It, so, it, it is, especially if you knew me in 2015 where everything was only hip-hop. It is so how do you go to pop? Because pop's more like... Um, it, I think it's naturally off of me being a fan of, I've been a fair, a fan of Ariana Grande legitimately since 2010. So I think going off of that and you naturally just, cause pop's usually like regular top 40 radio. Um, cause I like some, cause pop. you have kind of like a deeper, you're like the R and B artists you like, aren't the most like pop artists. No, no, no. I mean, so Daniel usually, Caesar and like, yeah, people like that. But no, um, I guess the more pop songs, I just I'll either hear it, or they'll be I'll either hear it in random spots, or it'll be I'll see an artist that I do like featured with the pop artist, and then I listen to it, and then kind of delve into their music from there, and then end up liking it. Okay, all right. Um, so yeah, new Travis Scott called the Plan tonight. Yeah, I believe he's. He's got the full soundtrack of some movie coming out. So that'll be kind of like the Kendrick thing a few years yeah. ago. And like Future did that with another movie. So that'll be kind of cool. So we'll get a, new, a lot of new Travis on the way. Yeah. Uh, Pharrell and Jay-Z, as I said, Future and Sway Lee got a song coming out. Mm. Nas and Hit Boy have an album coming out. Lil Tecca, Lecrae, that's for you. Yeah, Lecrae. You got an album coming out. And Mulatto, Queen of the South. Shouts to Mulatto. And Fabio Foreign's got a song mm-hmm. coming out. So, um, Lecrae yeah, a lot sounds of good like music. He's, Lecrae sounds tonight. like he's getting back to his kind of more gospelish sound. Not that he's a bat, not that it's only that he can rap, but mm-hmm. sounds like it's getting more to that because he did kind of dive into the trap sounds for a little bit of time. Yeah, you mentioned that on a previous podcast. Yeah, he's getting back to his original sound. Yes. Kind of thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't listen to a lot of Lecrae, but for what I've heard of him, I like his music. Yeah, he's getting back to kind of that more soulful music. And I'm la- excited. Last week, New Drake dropped, and I enjoyed the fuck out of that song. Like, I love yeah. with Lil Durk. I don't even, like, I'm, you know, I like Drake songs, but, you know, Drake mm-hmm. can kind of annoy me, whatever. Yeah. And I'm always, whenever he comes out with a single, like lately, with the drill shit, always seems like he's chasing something. Yeah. This one is kind of the newer sound, but Drake fits that newer sound. Drake's yes. always obviously been this, like, song and rapper kind of thing. So this song fits him perfectly. I bumped that shit, like, six times the first day I heard it, honestly. He need. With Dark Lane demo, with Dark Lane <laughs> demo tapes, and this song, I am looking forward to Drake's album, a lot. And then we had uh, Karma Three, Dave East, great album. Check that out if you're a fan of Dave East. If yeah. you're a fan of New York hip hop, definitely check that out. Um, they're like 15, 16 traps, tracks, good features, highly recommend it. Yep. And then Cash Page, who's an artist of Travis Scott's, I believe, dropped an album. And uh, I actually got into that today. How was very it? Very talented. She's a, I think she's like 19 or 20, very talented artist. It's called, uh, let me find it right quick. Very good. No, that's a good listen. If, you, if you're if you looking to get into like Travis, Don Tolliver, anything of that sound, Cash Page, she's kind of mm-hmm. like, I'll call her like the Travis Scott, like SZA almost. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. She's definitely of, dope. Called of, Teenage Fever. Speaking of SZA, she needs to also come out with an album here. Yeah, Kendrick's coming soon. J. Cole, SZA, that... Supposedly they're all coming. What is what the what the streets said? So Twitter streets. So let's hope, let's hope. Maybe it will get me back into listening to only hip hop. Man, I've been listening to so. I mean, as a, like I said, every week it seems like my fucking taste varies. You know, you yeah. never know what the hell's gonna come up on any of my playlists. Yeah, got a new vibe for each day. I, yeah. Oh shit! I meant to bring this up. <laughs> um, Clippers obviously looked bad last night. Yep. Paul George does not have the greatest you game. You mean playoff P, as you like to call that's him? That's what I like to mention here. I, 
Paul George gets roasted, and I love it because they're Skip Bayless. You know, he's called George Paul. <laughs> Skip Bayless is obnoxious with LeBron, but George Paul is one of my favorite. George Paul is hilarious. I love. <laughs> Calling someone George Paul whose name is Paul George is disrespectful. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Playoff P obviously used that in jest because he played like shit in the playoffs. He played like shit kind of yeah, last year. Yeah, and he called himself playoff P. He called himself playoff P. So, so you're buying one, the joke. I was gonna say that one he did on his own. Saw someone said, uh, play, "Playoff P is paid propaganda by Gatorade or something." That was pretty <laughs> funny. Um, got Ice Pack P because he had he came out. This was corny as fuck too. Damn, Boston's got the 14th pick. Pelicans with the 13th. Kings with the 12th. So we got someone at 14. Hopefully we trade it. Um, Paul George for his press conference last night came out shirtless with an ice pack on his shoulder. Dope. Kind of like when LeBron came out after the finals with a, with with a fucking air cast air on cast. his wrist. Yeah. Corny. Um, yeah, ice pack P. This one's my favorite. Pandemic P. <laughs> <laughs> Pandemic so, P. Yeah, people getting their jokes off on Paul George. Paul George, you got to do better because you are playing like George Paul. Uh, that that name's so good. So, uh, you're having your fantasy football draft this weekend? Yes. Where's it located? It is in Biddeford, Maine. When we go in there, which is closer to Old Orchard, but mm-hmm. uh, we have one of our friends actually lives out in the area. We're getting an Airbnb. I'm excited. How many of you? Uh, it's going to be eight of us. Okay, okay. That's cool. So, eight person, lead, eight person draft? Uh, it's actually ten, but two of them couldn't go because they have uh, college stuff to do. So. Gotcha. So that'll be pretty fun then. Oh, it'll, be, y'all. it'll be great. It'll be great. Good way to end the summer a little bit. It's yes. starting to get cooler weather. Yes. That's what's up. Damn. So we got single Keenan back going on vacation. Hi. Damn. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> here, ready to go. Ready to mingle. I was about to say uh, lots of trouble could happen, but not with that voice. Nothing doesn't nope. sound. <laughs> not at all. Just here hanging out with my friends. <laughs> All right, all right. So, gonna finish up this lottery. <laughs> finish up this lottery. Then uh, Blazers Lakers game two. Can't wait. Everyone enjoy the playoffs. Be safe out there. Have a good one. Warner Brothers podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Warner Brothers podcast. Have a wonderful weekend, y'all. <laughs>